The Lord is with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. From the bank of the River Charles, we greet you this Lord's Day. Our congregation present in the nave at Marsh Chapel. Our New England congregation present through NPR WBUR 90.9 FM. And our internet congregation around the world present through our website and podcast at www.bu.edu forward slash chapel. Together today we celebrate the gifts of faith and love and life. The Marsh Chapel Choir and Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, the Marsh Chapel Congregation at Boston University, and the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, Dean of Marsh Chapel, invite your support, prayerful and material, invite your presence, actual and virtual, as we celebrate today the gifts of love, faith, and life. The Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, Dean of Marsh Chapel, University Chaplain, is, as we say in New England, rusticating for the next few weeks in the wilds of New York State. And we wish him with all prayers and Jan and the family and their friends a blessed vacation of rest and recreation. Today is the first Sunday in our summer preaching series, and we are very pleased to welcome to our pulpit today the Reverend Michael McKee, who is Senior Minister at First United Methodist Church in Hearst, Texas. Reverend McKee brings a wealth of pastoral and administrative leadership in both church and civic organizations to his time with us in these next few weeks, and we are very pleased to welcome him and his wife, Joan, who is in our congregation. Our special greetings to our brothers and sisters at First Hearst in Texas, as we are connected in special ways this day through Reverend McKee's good works among us. This next Wednesday marks also the first in our series of summer luncheons for clergy and laity. That's this Wednesday, the 29th. Um, at 12 o'clock downstairs in the Thurman Room at Marsh. Uh, Reverend McKee will also be with us there to share some perspectives on the General Conference of the United Methodist Church of this year. So we do invite you to that. Um, you can make reservations through the chapel uh, website and uh, lunch as well as the discussion is free of charge. I would direct your attention to your bulletin. Uh, there are a few announcements that I would lift up to you, as well as the summer luncheon series this Wednesday. Um, our chapel associate, David Romanick, is leading a dis lively discussion uh, in the mornings on Sunday at 9.45 on the book Religious Literacy, What Every American Should Know and Doesn't, by Boston University's own Dr. Stephen Prothero of the religion department. Uh, Dr. Prothero brings rigorous and cutting-edge scholarship as well as a very good read to his writing. So we invite you to join David and the rest of the group on Sunday mornings. We would also mark our new and improved website, which you will find at www.bu.edu forward slash chapel. Our thanks to Brother Larry Whitney 
and the team, uh, both from university services and in the chapel, for the additions and the improvements, including our bulletin, which is now online every Sunday if you would like to follow along. And last but not least, we are all invited to lunch today. Uh, the Marsh Chapel chapter is sponsoring the monthly communion lunch, first Sunday of every month, uh, after the service downstairs in the Marsh Room. Uh, there is always more than enough, funny how that happens, and we are all invited to be together at lunch today. And now, dearly beloved, rise up, now and throughout this service, in body as you are able and certainly in heart, for the worship and the love of God. Our hymn is number 132.
join together in the collect as it is found in your bulletin. Almighty God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Hear the good news. If we repent and confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from Paul's epistle to the church in Rome. I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, oh, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. That's good to repeat. <clears throat> so I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, Evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched one that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Now let us say together responsibly verses from Psalm 45 with the choral response. I will give you as a light to the nations, my salvation to the ends of the daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek favor with gifts, the richest of the people with all kinds of wealth. The princess is decked in her chamber with gold-woven robes. In many-colored robes she is led to the king, Behind her, the virgins, her companions, follow. With joy and gladness, they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In the place of ancestors, you, O king, shall have sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. I will give you as a light to the nations, my salvation to the hands of the earth. And now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. to say uh, thank you for your welcome this morning. It's good to be here from Texas because it's good to be anywhere from Texas, uh, any place else but Texas in the summer, I can assure you of that. Uh, I want to say a special word of thanks to Bob Hill for inviting me. Bob and I have been friends for a number of years. We participated in a clergy group together when he was previously the pastor in Rochester, New York, and uh, we have remained in contact and consider Bob and Jan Hill to be our very good friends. Some of you may wonder where in the world is Hearst, Texas, and why would someone from Hearst, Texas be invited to preach at Marsh Chapel at Boston University? But Hearst is not, um, shall I say, a a small West Texas town, but is a suburb in the middle of the Fort Worth, Dallas area, and being a native of Fort Worth, we always call it the Fort Worth, Dallas area, and never the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We refer to the airport as the Fort Worth, Dallas airport, and we live close to there, and so... Uh, That is where Hearst is, and it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Will you pray with me? Oh, Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day. Work your will in our lives. Amen. Last Tuesday afternoon, my wife Joan and I arrived at Logan Airport, and we then stood outside waiting for the rental car van to come and to pick us up to to go get our rental car. We saw a number of buses and vans from other rental car agencies pass, numerous ones of them, and finally after making two telephone calls, we were finally picked up and we were taken after waiting for about 35 or 40 minutes to the rental car agency. We began to transact the business. We had a reservation. We had chosen the car we would have. And then you have that conversation with someone as they begin to uh, fill out the paperwork and inquire about whether you would like to have this. Would you like to have insurance? Would you like an upgrade over what, we, what you had um, chosen to lease or rent for the week? No, I, I think I'm just fine. And then we began to have a conversation about how long I'd waited, and there was no feedback at all. And we began to talk, and she then pressed me. She said, well, would you like um, this on that? Would you like insurance? And finally, I said, I really just want what I, what I, what I um, reserved, and that would be sufficient. We look forward to it. Well, certainly, then finally, we did get the upgrade and got a 10% discount because of that, and so I was grateful for that. But I said, as she handed me the paperwork, may I have a map because I don't know where I'm going? And she said to me, you have a GPS. I wanted a map, but I took it that the GPS was all I was going to get, so we went, put our luggage in the car, and I sat there thinking, how do I leave Logan Airport and find my way to New Hampshire? Because I didn't have a map. But I had a GPS, of which I did not know how to work, because I, I ascribed the idea that technology can be our friend, but it is never friendly to me. And so we began to input or try to input where it was that we were going, and finally we made the connection, and it was listed as the destination, began to compute about the way in which we would get to Holderness, New Hampshire, Squam Lake. And so we started, and this voice begins to talk to me. 
And this voice begins to tell me about to turn right here and in a few hundred feet turn left here and then keep to the right here. And I think the voice was ahead of me or I was behind the voice and at some point I turned in such a way that I really was not where I was supposed to go and the voice began to say, make a U-turn as quickly as possible. You don't do that in some places as quickly as possible as they like to admit it. And so we made, so we began to sort of meander around until finally, well, we found Route 93 and began heading north. New Hampshire. I am a map holder. It's difficult for me to trust a voice. It's difficult for me to trust a voice I do not know from a place from where I do not know where it comes from because I want to make the decisions and I want to be in control. I'm like so many of you. And in the religious tradition of 2,000 years ago that Jesus confronted, he confronted that religious tradition that was a set of rules and of law and of people who wanted to make choices for other people and people who demanded obedience as a symbol of righteousness. And the idea that human life was governed by law, oppressively governed by law. The law dictated uh, what you ate and with whom you ate. The law dictated how you may worship. The law dictated how you may do business with whom you may do business. The rules were law. And it was a map. And it was a life map. And it was a map to one's life that they held in their heads. But not in their hearts. It was a law that had little choice. If you obeyed, you were righteous. If you were righteous, you were right with God. If you were right with God, then you were blessed by God. But if you disobeyed, then you were a sinner. And then the righteous would shun you, and then God would not bless you. The religious tradition was very clear about that fact. But thankfully, Jesus broke with the religious tradition of the day. And Jesus knew that we were pretty much all alike. And Jesus, who had a heart that was bigger than you could imagine, saw what we all face in life, and that is life is hard at times, and life can be harder at times, and life can be painful for people in time. And so Jesus saw the world in a very different way in which no longer would there be division between people who would be the righteous and the unrighteous the good and the bad, the law keepers and the law breakers, the map holders and the ones who trust the voice. And he gives this telling statement. I thank you, O God, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, O God, for such was your gracious will. And so here is the word for those who began to hear those words, the desire to be in control, the desire to be righteous or self-righteous, the desire to be a perfectionist doesn't work. Knowing enough to correct everyone else turns out not to be a winning strategy. The law is out. The law 
is out. You notice what grace really is? I discover newly every day what grace really is in people's lives. In a very simple way, it's um, making the wrong turn and hearing a voice that says something very differently to you, allows you to bump up against the boundaries in such a way that finally brings you to your destination and continues, continually speaks to you. You discover that about your own life? That no matter what it is that you may do, how it is that you may bump up against um, the boundary of life, bump up against what it is that God wills for your life, bump up against what society may think is right, there's that spirit of this Christ that continues to bring you to your destination. Now, we come from different places. I don't know most of your names, but I would imagine that we hold some things in common. I would imagine that if it were not so today, that it was so at some point in your life that, like most of us, we're all achievers or dreamers or that we are driven and that when we really admit it to ourselves, we are perfectionists. But I know that there's something else that brings us together, and it's not those things that we share, but this, this faith in Jesus the Christ that, that we share in common. And rather than um, being tied to a life map, what we may think or what the world may think or even what those who are more religious than we can imagine might think, that we're really bound together in the life of this Jesus. And we don't have to share a religious burden in which there's a religion that says the yoke is anything but easy. Like you, I want life to be easier. Not that I want to live a life of ease, not that I want to sit back and and enjoy all the comforts of life, but I want life to be easier in the sense that I want there to be a clarity about purpose and meaning and direction and passion for the goodness of life and the goodness of what God wills. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So the four ideas I want to share with you this morning about this text. What Jesus does is he does give something for us to do, and that something to do is very simple. It is really a summons, and the summons is to come. Henry Nouwen said that um, the gospel in a nutshell was God and Jesus saying to the world, come close. If there's something really that we are called to do by this Christ, it is to come close to this one, in which begin to sense and feel and experience the warmth of God's presence.
and the challenge of God's will. There's something else that we learn from this text, and that is, is that we learn there is something to leave. And what we are called to leave, we are called to leave with this Christ, and that is our burdens, so that what we lay down is the desire to be a perfectionist, the desire to be self-righteous, the desire to be in control. So we give it up. And we trust another way, which we may not know where it is going, but we trust the way that God leads us. You may say, I need the rules, but you have the Christ. You may say, I need to be right, or I may need to be in control. But this Jesus said, why don't you leave all of that with me? The third thing that Jesus says to us is there is something that we can take, and that what we take from this Christ is an unconditional love. In previous religious traditions, the yoke could have represented and did represent for so many the idea of obedience. It was spoken of as the yoke of Torah. And so that when Jesus talked about the yoke, he was clear that it was really about doing the will of God and trusting in the will of God's complete love. Not the life, not the love of a good life or the life of ease, but a life with less anxiety, a life that becomes a gift, a gift that you do not earn but that you receive. It is grace. We all know what grace is. It's that gift of God given to you that costs you absolutely nothing but demands everything from you. It's a gift of God, freely received and freely given. And trusting that someone, someone, is with you. And while it may be unsettling because you don't know where the someone is leading you, living into it provides a freedom from anxiety that is joyful. It's an awareness then of life that comes that, uh, that um, we may find that in all of our striving we forget what trusting in God is really like. And so we choose the gift, to receive the gift. And as we choose the gift, we actually discover that we've cho been chosen by the giver. Lastly, this, there's something to find. What we find is this Jesus, the embodiment of our God, who frees us from the passion to possess or the passion to be in control, who grounds us in God's unconditional love so that we learn that not only do we have more than we could ever imagine, that we want to do more. Do more because of the unconditional love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said these words that to fix one's eye solely on the simple truth of God at a time when all concepts are being confused, distorted, and found upside down is to be amazed. You see, what 
our God wills for us is not a life of keeping the rules and holding them in our hands and our minds, but a life that is open to the Spirit and receives the gift and is finally grounded in the unconditional love of our God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Be seated. <clears throat> Gracious one, we give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. The ushers will wait upon us for our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings.
Gracious one, we give you thanks for these, your gifts. May we who give them and those who receive them be strengthened and encouraged in the life of faith, that we may go forth in peace to do your work of love and justice in the world. In the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is always with you. And also with you. Let us exchange signs of reconciliation and love. Dearly beloved, the Lord is with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy.
holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. We remember how when Jesus sat at supper with his disciples, he took bread. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Almighty God, we pray for your holy and universal church, that we all may be one. We ask you to grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you, that your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all who serve you in your church, that they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We also pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice and peace on this earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake, that our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed, especially our former sexton Sal, eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also in our own day come to share in your eternal kingdom. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, 
and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All are welcome at the Lord's table. There is wine in the chalice on the pulpit side and alcohol-free grape juice on the pulpit side. There are further invitations in your bulletin. Look, the bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Please rise for the hymn number 102. An invitation for the community lunch immediately following the service in the marsh room, which is downstairs. Will you receive the benediction? Bear witness to the love of Christ in this world so that the stranger you meet may find in you a generous friend. And the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of our God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and be with you now and forever.